Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy, Jay Spence, the King. My co-host, Joe Miller, is not going to be with us today. He's somewhere in Orlando partying with John Fiener, so he's dissing us this week. But I have a, a worthy special guest this week, the one, the only, Mr. Sal Capaccio. What's going on, sir? Hey, how are you, man? Good to be with you. Man, I'm having a good time this week and uh, looking forward to this weekend's game. I know, uh, you know, it's been busy for you. I know we, we could talk about just all the, the media and everything that's been happening. Um, before we do, what about this game that we just had, man? Like, what? I'm going to just jump right into it. Like, why was that game so doggone close? Um, I think, you know, that anytime you have familiarity to division rivals, you know, they're going to know each other. And as much as, you know, Bills fans wanted to think they'd walk all over Miami with backup lineman and a third string quarterback all it takes is for a team to make a couple of plays and they start to build confidence and then the game starts to turn and that's what happened you know Miami made a couple of plays but the Bills gave them plays the Bills made critical mistakes and you can't do that it's playoff football anything could happen this is the NFL if we've ever learned anything we should know dude that uh you know anything can happen in any game in the National Football League right I mean the Bills went to Jacksonville and lost last year we saw that went to the Jets this year and lost not as egregious but these things happen all the time, and um, I think the game was close because the Bills gave opportunities to Miami, and Miami capitalized on those opportunities and then you know, grew in some confidence, and the Bills got a little bit tight there. So you know, I think that this is what you can expect from here on out. Yeah, well, I mean, and it's the playoffs, too. It's like the best at this point, you know, the cream of the crop. So it's everybody who is supposed to be there at this point. And I think this weekend's game is obviously is one of the I think it's one of the most hype games, obviously, because the week 17 matchup was canceled due to, you know, the DeMar Hamlin injury. But mm -hmm. everybody was looking forward to it. So, you know, your expectations this weekend, what are you looking forward to seeing from the Bills perspective? Because, you know, I feel like, you know, I'm not nervous about any team, but I feel like if, if there's a game that that I am a little concerned with, it's this one against this team. Um, so what I expect is for them to get back to hopefully paying a little more close attention to detail. You know, we talk about the, um, the, the interceptions, obviously, and the turnover by Josh, right? I mean, but not all the interceptions were on him. I think that the second one, 
maybe Cole Beasley should make the catch. You know, DB makes a nice play, but little things like that. Maybe the route needs to be a little bit crisper. How about the the kickoff from Tyler Bass? That kind of started everything, right? Yeah. Those are little things that need to be paid attention. The drop by Kalosha here, the drop by Dawson Knox. I expect this team to pay a little bit more attention to detail this week and to be a little bit more buttoned up. That doesn't guarantee anything, but I, I do expect that a little bit. Um, I expect them to come up with a game plan that really forces the Cincinnati Bengals to, you know, have to try to run the ball and say, we're not going to give you anything passing and, you know, try to take advantage of that offensive line. But, you know, this is going to be a, a very, very tough opponent, a very, very tough out as the week's gone on. I've kind of liked the bills chances a little more considering the offensive line for the Bengals and what the bills on um, the opportunity that is there for them. But that's the biggest thing I expected, which is this bills team to be not as, um, not make as many critical mistakes. I think hopefully they learn their lesson and you can't guarantee anything. Those things can happen in football games, but at least to be a little more attention to detail this week. Yeah. And you know what? You, you bring up the, the offensive line of the Bengals. And for some reason, I don't know where I thought I saw this statistic somewhere, but I thought that the Bills, you know, obviously we haven't had as many sacks, but I still thought that we were one of the top teams at getting, you know, pressure on the quarterback with just the front four. We've mm -hmm. dropped dramatically. I saw, uh, I actually finally saw the stat and we went from like, like top four in that category down to like 27th or 26th. Um, I hope that we could take advantage of this offensive line being beat up a bit. Um, you know, what What are you seeing as far – because I thought Shaq was playing lights out. I thought – you know, I thought Groot was playing big. Obviously, Von, losing Von is a big deal. But, you know, what, what can we do to improve that? Well, I think that's the big thing. They lose Von, and you now you have – you go from those numbers. What, it's a fourth down to 24th or eighth down to 24th, whatever you said. Um you know, I think that's why you lose Von Miller. He's so good. Let's remember having Von Miller just opens things up for everybody else. You have to concentrate on Von Miller. If you're an offense, you have to game plan for Von Miller. If you're an offense, you don't do that for the other guys. Suddenly you do that. You double team him. Now things open up for Ed Oliver. They open up for Jordan Phillips. They open up for Shaq Lawson or Greg Russo. I think that's, what's been missing. You don't have to necessarily just concentrate on one guy on this bills, you know, not to say they're all easily blockable one-on-one, -on -one, but if one starts to hurt you, you can do it. But when Von Miller's out there, it really changes the dynamic. So the Bills have had to blitz a little bit more. They've had to manufacture some pass rush. You know, last week I heard a lot of people say, well, they should have really done a lot better against that Miami offensive line. I don't know if they were necessarily just trying to pin their ears back against that Miami offensive line. I think what they were trying to do was say, look, we, we're, we are confident that we can stop Skylar Thompson throwing the ball. So we're not going to give you anything in the run game. And I think the D-line did a really good job. Miami averaged 2.1 yards a carry. I mean, that's just yeah, really yeah. low. And I think the D line said, we're going to stop the run game when we have opportunities, we'll get after the quarterback. But you know, if they would have pinned their ears back and just flew up field, that would have opened up holes for the run game. I think this week might be a little bit different though. I think this week you might be looking at those guys trying to penetrate, get into Joe Burrow because that you're not going to want them throwing it to those playmakers they have on the outside. And Joe Burrow's not going to look to run the ball. He can extend play sometimes a little bit, but he's not a runner. So I think, you know, the quicker you can get to him, the better it's going to be for the bills. Yeah, well, I'm hoping we can take advantage of that because I feel like in a game like this, anytime I've seen the, the Bengals not play well is because they couldn't really protect Joe Burrow. Mm -hmm. Anytime he's protected, it forget about it. You know, like the offense is just – they look great. And and they have some weapons. You know, I know I know Bills fans because I, I brag a lot about Stephon Diggs and I brag a lot about Gabriel Davis in the playoffs. And I, But, you know, the Bengals have, have some good wide receivers as well. And – um 
we've been we've been really great against the run this season. But I'll tell you, you know, if they can if they can get the run going with those two running backs, they have two guys that can make things happen. So I don't know. I I guess that's why I have a little bit of nerves going into this game. I still think that we win. You know, I think we, we absolutely can win. Yeah, I mean, they have a tremendous offense. You know, you don't have to say Jamar Chase T against Tyler Boyd. We know that, you know, um, obviously Hayden Hurst at tight end. I love their running backs, but the fact is, they haven't run the ball that great. They're bottom five in the league in rushing yards per game and rushing yards per play. Um, they have struggled to run the ball. And I think the Bills are going to, to me, the, the path to victory for the Bills here is, is to dare them to and to challenge them to and say, look, you haven't run the ball a year very well. Um, you are without offensive linemen. We're just not going to let you throw the ball. I wouldn't even be surprised if they go every once in a while, maybe six DBs, play a little dime defense and say flood it and say, you know, we're just going to take away. They love they love the quick game. They love the underneath stuff. Take all that away and say, we're going to dare you to run the football. Invite them to run the football a little bit, if you will, because they just haven't done it. I'm a, I'm a big Joe Mixon fan. But if you look at it, Joe Mixon one time in his career, one time has averaged more than 4.1 yards of carry in a, in a season or maybe 4.3, but it's been low. Um, yeah. He had a great second year in the league. He was close to five yards of carry. Other than that, they just have not run the ball very well. And this year, again, they're near the bottom of the league in that category. So I would challenge them to do that. Um, I would challenge the Cincinnati Bengals to try and run the ball, even invite them to and say, the more they can run the ball and not throw it, the better it is for the Bills. Okay, yeah, because it's out of Joe Burrow's hands for sure. That's right. So, yeah, no, you're right. We want that. Um, and then also defensively, I've been really impressed with Kyrie. Um, we haven't seen him a lot throughout the season like we wanted to. Early on, we got got a chance to see him, but then lately he's come on and he's been. I think he's been playing great. Uh, do you think the Buffalo Bills are? You think we're going to see a lot of Kyrie Elam this weekend? Good question. I'd like to see it, um, but let's go by past you know performances of what this coaching staff likes to do. They like to rotate Kyrie and Dane, and I think Dane has become a little bit more of the safer choice for them. He's got a little more experience. He's been in these big games. But the more experience Kyer gets and the more he plays well, I think he's earned that right to play. And Sean McDermott always talks about earning the right. And it's not to say that Dane Jackson hasn't. I think that's the, the rub here, which is as much as Kyrie Elam has played really well, I don't think you could look at the last couple of weeks and say Dane Jackson hasn't. He's had a couple of rough patches along the way, but I don't think he's played poorly the last couple of weeks either. So I would like to see Kyrie Elam. Um, I think he can be a little bit more physical with his length. He's not a super physical guy, but he can tackle. He's he's a little longer. I think he's more athletic. And that probably is a, a better matchup on a guy like T. Higgins, what, 6'4", 220. You know, that, that's a guy that you're going to have to match up a little bit against. Obviously, the Bills will play a lot of zone defense. But when you need to, may you can may, I would be more confident with a guy like Kair. The, the problem is he is a rookie. He might make a mistake, and that could wind up, you know, being six in your own end zone. I think that's what the Bills have to balance that against. Yeah, and and I mean they have that that big playability, kind of like kind of like us. When you have a Diggs or you have Gabe Davis who can do it, it's the same thing over there with Cincinnati. A um, couple more questions about the game, and then I wanted to kind of go in a different direction with you with the conversation tonight. Um, first year All Pro for Matt Milano. Um, he's had a huge year. How do you? Um, I guess because so the debate that I've been having with people has been that he's just been pretty much just good everywhere. And I know he kind of has this label as a, as a cover linebacker. How, how have you noticed the change in his or the improvement in his game this season, as opposed to previous years? 
Um, yeah, I don't know who's calling him just to cover linebacker. People say that they're not really watching and haven't been for the last five yeah. years. Matt Milano is an eraser, I think. I think he does everything very well. Um, you know, he's actually the only negative on Matt Milano this year is he missed 100 tackles by one. He had 99 at the end of the year. Uh, he almost had 100 and would have had it. You know, obviously, if the game in Cincinnati counts, he would have been over 100 tackles this year. Tremaine Edmonds actually did have over 100 tackles, but when you add in what Milano can do covering, uh, he's been terrific yeah. this year. As a cover linebacker, I think he always has been. He's a three-down linebacker. You know, you could put him in any situation. It's so tough to get the recognition that recognition as an off-ball linebacker in this league. You talk about guys like Fred Warner and Roquan Smith. We always know about them. Well, they're the guys in the conversation every year. Now Matt's in that with him because he is a first-team All-Pro with those two guys. Obviously, Roquan gets the contract. I know the Bills re-signed Matt Milano just a couple of years ago for ten to eleven million a year. Right now, that seems like an unbelievable steal. Yeah. You know, considering what guys are getting now in their contracts. So. Um, I think where his improvement may have come, you know, I don't know if it's an improvement. I think the improvement is the Bills have been better up front, giving him more opportunities. And, you know, this defense is predicated upon the defensive line, kind of tying up the offensive line, allowing those linebackers to use their athleticism, go sideline to sideline. And I think that's where Matt's really come into play. I would say, though, I think that if you could point to something that, but this is no fault of his own, they just haven't used him like this till this year, blitzing. I think Matt Milano's become a good blitzer. And he gets home yeah. to the quarterback. Remember that that hit he had on Mike White, all right? And then he had another – he had two sacks against Miami in the playoff game. So it, I'm not sure he's – I wouldn't say he's not been a good blitzer. They just never used him in that role. You know, Spence, I think so now. Um, I think that's coming to fruition as well. And you know what? I, I don't think the Bills – I mean, obviously, when we had – especially when we had Vaughn out there, we try to get to the quarterback with four. But I think even if they wanted to use Tremaine in that aspect more, I think Tremaine – would excel because every time I've not every time, but lots of times when we've seen him actually blitz, he disrupts the play, whether he gets the sack or not, the, the play is disrupted. He's a disruptor over the middle in, in general though. Like they guys won't even throw over the middle when Tremaine is, is out there. Uh, so yeah, I just, you're right about, about, uh, sorry, wrong come here. You're right about Matt being a steal with that contract. Dan Freddie wants to know, uh, Bills fans know a lot about the Bengals offense. DJ reader aside, what do we need to be concerned about that their that their defense does well? Well, I'm glad you said DJ reader aside because you made it tough on me now because I would have said DJ reader is great. I love DJ reader. He's a great player. You go back to that Houston playoff game in 2019. He was a problem. I think he'll be a bit of an issue for the bills. I think the bills do have problems with bigger defensive linemen who really are kind of stout and strong against the run. I think that's what, that's why they have a little bit of trouble against the Jets. I think Raquan Davis in the middle of Miami's defense. Those guys are tough. And that's how the, and the Bills are going to have to have a game plan for him. Um, the other thing they do well, though, is their safeties are very good. They have good safeties. They, um, they can really kind of take away. They've really done a good job of taking away another team's number one receiver. But that does leave the number two receiver with opportunities. So that's something they do well is they kind of shade and concentrate on taking away your best option in the passing game. And they've done a very good job of that this year. So I think the Bills are going to probably have to figure out ways to move the ball without Stephon Diggs at times. Hey, the, the Dolphins did a good job last week. One target for Stephon Diggs in the second half. He had no catches after that monster first half. This may be a kind of a game where the whole game might have to be like that. Remember, Kansas City did that last year in the playoffs that the Bills lost. Stephon only had three targets. He had caught two balls or caught three balls, whatever it was, the whole game. But you know what happened in that game? Gabe Davis obviously had his mm -hmm. incredible performance. So this could be a Gabe Davis game and a slot receiver game. And that's probably, you know, Cole Beasley, but whoever, I think those guys have to step up. You know what, Sal, I've been, I've been, I guess to some people overly critical of Gabe Davis, 
this season, not not for the playoffs so far. Like he came out last game and he already shut me up. But I feel like this season, maybe expectations for me were a little too high or, or I don't know. But I just feel like based on what we thought we were going to see or what I thought we were going to see, um, he just hasn't had the same type of production. And then people throw out numbers and they're like, you compare this to other wide receiver twos around the league and, and he's pretty darn good. But. I mean, am I wrong by saying, you know, or am I wrong with that feeling? Like, hey, he hasn't really shown up the way, you know, we would expect. I think the word you're looking for is maybe inconsistency. Um, mm-hmm. There's just been times where he's been inconsistent. A couple drop passes here or there. The Baltimore game wasn't a good game for him. And then um, the finale against the Patriots, I guess, right, would have been the other one, right? Which one am I thinking of? There was a one, you know, towards the end of the year. It was, I think it was that one. But either way, yeah, it's just – you know, you, you didn't get maybe the consistency you wanted, but he can only also do with what opportunities he has, right? And how many targets he gets. And sometimes, you know, it's also tougher for him because he is the guy that is the bigger play guy down the field. Those are tougher to get sometimes. Those are tougher opportunities mm-hmm. to make catches. Look at the Pittsburgh game, though, and the two catches he made, those long catches. So um, I, I, don't, I don't fault anyone for being critical of Gabe. I think, though, you have to put it in context of what he's being asked to do and how often he can do it. And that's always tough. I think that's the that's the issue I have, which is I think he could be – I'd like to see him be a bigger part of the offense, but maybe that means he has to be in a different role sometimes and not just this bigger play guy down the field, which is great. Love seeing it. But I think he can also help maybe in other areas sometimes and maybe they don't use him enough that way. But he's got to be more consistent. And like I said, the, the Patriot game, the Baltimore game, maybe a little bit too inconsistent. But he's playoff Gabe. Stepped up again in the playoffs. Yeah. This guy has some of the best playoff stats of anybody over the last three years. He absolutely shut me up already this past Sunday. So, you know, I'm not I'm not going to be critical of him anymore. It's playoffs. Do your thing, Gabe. Uh, So, well, look, I don't have much uh, much time with you tonight. So I wanted to kind of just ask some other things. So you've been you've been covering the team now for for how long? I'm covering them professionally for 11 years. I've been the sideline This is my ninth year on the sidelines. Okay, so overall covering them, this is about half the time they were not as good, and then half the time now they're right. But let's remember, good. I mean, spent, like I grew up in Buffalo as a Bills fan, and, and what's funny mm-hmm. is people, I was doing this before this was this. Like uh, right. when when podcasting and video casting was, especially podcasting in its infancy, back in I remember it was like two thousand six, two thousand seven. I started. Nobody knew what podcasting was. There was this network. It's a whole another story we can get into sometime. But there was this whole thing. This guy started this network of podcasters, and I was podcasting when no one knew what it was. And some people maybe remember that's when the whole Terrell Owens thing came down. That mm-hmm. I broke that story and those kinds of things. But what happened was, um, you know, back then people, if you did something like this, you'd be like people were making fun of me. Like, oh, who's this guy? What's this podcast? Who's he? This guy's in mom's basement, right? That was what I was doing. I was doing this kind of thing while I was teaching down in Florida, and then. You know, I, I went, I was in radio originally and I left it and that was my avenue back in. And then I came back up to Buffalo to work at WGR in 2011. So I hope that's a long way of answering it, but I just think it's an interesting story. No, no, it is. But I guess, so for me, I was just wondering, so like the, the experience is completely different. I would feel, I would think, you know, and so the years that they weren't as good, obviously, you know, week 17 season's over (laughs) or even, you know, but not even just that, but, but the type of team we have, I feel like the interaction between the coaching staff and the players with the media is completely different than it used to be. I feel um, just outside looking in, I just feel like it's a completely different experience. So what is this year and like the past few years been like for you, that's different than when you first started covering them professionally. 
Yeah, it's it's been very different. Remember, you have whole PR staffs have changed over as well. You know how that communication piece works, how we cover the team, what we're allowed to do, not allowed to do, things like that. Um, you know, I just think just like everybody else, it's the expectations. You know, you go into a season where, you know, during the drought and, oh, it's like, oh, I hope they could be okay. And you're really – the season is kind of about – is the questions are, is the quarterback the guy, right? Is the, you know, and looking at college games and the draft and by Halloween and Thanksgiving, we're thinking, oh, well, um, there's a college game on this weekend. Maybe that could be the guy. And now it's more like you found the guy, like it's Josh Allen. You know that now you're covering the players of these, these guys that are really some of the best in the league at their position. And the expectations have grown, no doubt about it. Um, covering a, covering this team, how about, I'll say this way, it's not as much drama at all because back, before all of this, there was always drama with the Buffalo Bills. Not to say there's never any right now, but it was always something, right? It was fighting between Doug Marone and Doug Whaley or Rex Ryan and you know whoever, the, the new coach coming in, a new GM. It was all that stuff. You know, the synergy and the consistency of this organization now is makes it so much easier, I think, on all of us. But I'll also say, as they get better and as they go down this path, it also becomes harder in some ways to cover them because – the doors close a little bit more, right? I mean, they're, they're a little more protective of everything because they're trying to win a championship, right? I mean, Spence, you don't get anything out of that building anymore. Anything. Nobody gets yeah. anything, right? It's very rare. Like, I mean, I get pieces of information there. Other people get pieces of information here, you know, but nothing that's really kind of salty and like, oh my gosh, type of stuff. Like it's very, very buttoned up there because this is an organization that cares about all of those little details. Whereas in years past, be a lot of loose lips around there. I'll tell you that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, <laughs> I remember too. And I, before I even was doing podcasts and, you know, you could kind of find stuff out on a whim and like come out the next day or two days later. And it was actually true now. Yeah. You know, you're right. You, you, it's like, you're pulling teeth to get anything out of there unless you like really know somebody uh, who just, and they don't talk though. They don't talk. So really, you know, you don't, you don't know anybody like that, but uh, so now it's also because the bills are better, the eyes on, on Western New York are bigger. You know, there are more eyes. Um, you're doing, I've seen you on, um, several shows now I've seen you on the Pat McAfee show. I've seen you do all these other things. What has that been like for you? Cause you know, doing radio and, and being, I don't want to say you're a local guy, but you know, but being, being in Buffalo mm -hmm. and then now it's like the demand for, Hey, we want to interview Sal. How has that been for you? Um, it's awesome. I love it. I would love to be lying to you if I said I didn't, you know, I love the fact that I get to have this, you know, exposure and do what I love and do it in different markets and different people around the country, no doubt about it. But to be honest with you, I, I love it. Not really for me as much as I love it for the fact that it gives Buffalo exposure. And I have an opportunity yeah. to talk about Buffalo, to talk about the people, talk about the city, talk about this team. The question you just asked me about, you know, what's changed. I get that question all the time from people, not as much anymore. It's been five years, but it used to be for, you know, two, three years in a McDermott's run. Like, wow, what's the difference here in Buffalo? And, and I love that. And I just try to be as available as I can for everybody. I can't say yes to everyone because I don't have the time, but I try, I really do. Um, you know, and somebody will contact me and say, Hey, can you come on this show or that show? And I'll say, hey, I can't at that time. Is there another time you can make it work? And if we can't make it work, we can't make it work. Um, you know, so I try to be as available as I possibly can. And part of the reason is because I know from my end how hard it is sometimes if I want to get a guest on my show and I'm bothering people in their time. And, you know, I want to make sure I'm as flexible to people because I know what it's like trying to get someone and trying to fit it in their schedule because they're busy. So, you know, you try to do you try to help each other out as much as you can. But um, it's fun. 
There's no doubt. There's a little bit of pressure there because you got to try and get all this in. You try and do your own job, but it helps us. It helps. It helps me professionally. It helps me personally. But I think more than anything, it just shines a light on Buffalo. And you know, I'm a positive guy, as you know. I'm not the. I'm not the. I'm not the hot take media guy, and I'm yeah, not the yeah. guy that's going to just be dragging everybody down and burning it all. You know, I know that there's a thing, and people say, "Well, Sal, you know, he's a homer, and he's all this, whatever." I mean, you know what it is. I try to be fair. And I try to be positive and optimistic. And I think that comes out in the way I report. And if people don't like it, then, you know, whatever. They can choose to re- listen to, watch, or read someone else. I don't really understand how people cannot like the way you, especially if you're a Bills fan, I don't get how you cannot like the way you report. And I'm not saying that because you're on the show, but you're right. You don't really speak negatively about people. You don't, you know, you would but think. But that doesn't mean you can't be critical. You know, that's the, I think right. that's the, you gotta be the honest. difference, right? If I said, um, you know, like last week, for example, um, you know, I criticize the fourth quarter play calling of Ken Dorsey, right? At the end of the game when they're trying to throw deep, whether it was him or Josh's decision, like Josh made bad decisions. Ken Dorsey made bad calls, whatever it is. That's what I, I do. And, and, but just because I don't, you know, do it in a certain way, I think comes off as, you know, maybe people thinking I'm protecting. I'm not, I just, this is the way that I go about it. I don't think you have to be someone who has to take those scorched earth on people or be, I'm rude or anything like that in order to have a, a critical opinion. No, I agree with you. And, and that for the most part, that's how I try to kind of carry myself as well. I try to give as much love as I can in the areas that I'm passionate about it. And then, you know, just be honest and critical, but not overly negative when I don't like something. But so look, I got you for about five more minutes before you get on out of here. There's somebody who I wanted to be able to say hi to you. Cause this guy loves you. I know you love him. <laughs> What's up, big old, my man, Jerry is in the building. What's going on? Yo, what's up, buddy? How are you, my man? I'm doing good. How about yourself? I'm I'm doing great, man. You look great. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate it. I'm trying. Trying to keep my girlish (laughs) figure, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Were you on with Bulldog a couple weeks ago? Yeah, I was. I actually was. It was good to talk to you, man. It's been a while. I mean, this this you talk about doing this stuff in 2006 and starting all this podcasting, vidcasting. It's been awesome. I mean, between this and Twitter, just reconnecting with people and uh, getting to talk about the team I love, uh, it's been great. Yeah, no kidding. And, you know, you're you're the same thing like me. You know, I was just talking about, you know, different personalities and, you know, being in this business. And, you know, Eric Wood said something to me recently, and it just – it made me feel really good. And, you know, it's it's kind of the thing we're talking about. And he said – he goes, you know, he goes, through all the times we went through the drought and all the times we weren't making the playoffs, he said – you were like the only media guy who came in the locker room and didn't have a negative attitude every single day to drag everybody down. You just wanted to right. just wanted to, to talk about football and, you know, and, and ask questions that, you know, even brought us up and that made me feel really good. And, you know, but again, some people will say, Oh my God, well, you, you're such a Homer or whatever. It's not the way I look at it. I'm just a, a positive guy, but I look at you, a guy who's played in the locker room and things like that. And you know what it's about, right? I mean, you know, you're, you're, you're just blood, sweat and tears and you're trying your hardest. You're doing everything you can to, you know, to, to, to be successful. And, you know, I think there's something to be said for that and you have to keep that in mind all the time. Yeah. I appreciate that. You know, and it's, it's funny. It's, and, and we appreciate as players, we appreciate guys like you to come in and do that. But we also understand that there is a, sometimes questions have to be asked. Of course. It's just part of the game. And like, I've always respected Bucky Gleason when he was doing this. I thought Bucky was very fair. I think Mark Gaughan was very fair with us. I mean, there's times when they had to ask tough questions and they didn't do it in a detrimental way exactly or they didn't do right. it in a, in a put down way. They did it in a very businesslike way. And you answered those questions and you were held accountable because they did it professionally and it was with respect. So, you know, it can be done both ways. 
But um, you know, it's always great. Like I said, it's, this has been awesome. I wish I wish I was reconnected back during COVID times. Um, you know, been able to do this stuff. It'd have been great therapy. But uh, love seeing everybody. Love seeing you. Listen, you listen to you all the time. Listen to you on the uh, on the radio on the Bills stuff uh, when I go on the Bills app and I can hear you on there before games and everything. It's been real good. Hey, um, you know, before uh, we we end this, I know, um, you know, I'll say this, and I think you know you'll echo, and I'll give you a chance to say something. You know, our, our buddy John Murphy, you know, he had a stroke a couple weeks ago, and he hasn't been calling the games. I know you know Murph real well, and you go back to him, you know, calling games. He calls games since the mid '80s, and he won't be on the call again this week. And you know, we're just we're just all thinking about him. I know you are, Jerry, and 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 you know, I don't. If you want to say something about him, I just figured I'd open up that door here on Spence's show just to right. say something because I know you know him really well. No, it's been awesome. Uh, John, John's a wonderful man. He's another guy that's always yeah. one of those guys that always comes to you with a smile on his face, always comes to you in a great mood and, and, and a very positive individual. And, you know, he did something that many people don't understand how, how hard it was to do. And that was take over for the great Van Miller. And he filled those shoes. He's, he's taken that position and gone to another level with it. Right. And, 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 you know, I think as, as a fan base and even as players, there's things that you go to that are comforting to you, that even in times of turmoil, in times of uneasiness, there's always something you can go to that's comforting. John's voice is one of those things. Oh, you yeah. go to his voice, right? You always know he's going to be there. I'm an Eagles fan by birth. Merle Reese is that for me with Philadelphia, okay? And and I, I grew up listening to radio. I grew up having the earpiece in my ear in my bed listening to Harry Callis and listening to Richie Ashburn and all those guys. So radio is a big deal to me. I actually had an opportunity to do a lot of radio in my life. But I, I hope he gets better because that's a piece that is missing, especially in a team with a team that has an opportunity to go for a championship. And to me, it would just be awful if he wasn't able to be a part of that, you know, and be in that stadium when we're playing for that championship, calling that game. So, you know, Godspeed to John. I hope he gets better. I know he'll get better. He's a tough guy. He's a fighter. He's a low guy. But – um. You know, hopefully we hear him soon. No doubt. Hey, by the way, speaking of Eagles media, Howard Eskin, man, he's a character. I've had him on the radio. What a great dude. I know you love him. By the way, I want to tell you something. Before you leave, Sal, I thought it was I thought it was BS that they threw snowballs at you on the sidelines. <laughs> the man. Man. I was oh, there, okay? I oh, was in the stands. Oh, we were, we were close. Now, yeah. I will say this. If that was Howard Eskin, they should have hit him with everything they had. But you, they shouldn't have hit. <laughs> it's all good, man. man. It's all good. Made it, made it so better mad. than those one. Sam, I was so mad. I tweeted it. I'm like, when I, I find it. a person. <laughs> That's right. I mean, Sal's doing a great Boy. job. They're throwing snowballs at me. Come on now. The head, the head is good target practice, I guess. I don't yes, know. I understand. Well, all right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Sal is actually going to go and do his podcast. But um, if if you want to plug that really quickly before you get on out of here, and then we'll let you. Yeah, go. it's actually a always game day in Buffalo with Matt Bove. It's on the Odyssey app, you know, iTunes, Spotify. But we actually did two segments from down at the facility today during practice, and now we're going to go and hook up with Joe Goodberry, who covers the Bengals, as you guys nice. know. He's going to be on the last segment, so all that's going to be wrapped up real nice and be out there tonight uh, or tomorrow. So I appreciate that, and of course. Um, the Extra Point Show every day, 10 to 12 at WGR, my great co-host, Joe DiBiase. Sal, thank you so much, man. I appreciate everything you do, man. Yeah, nice surprise. Jerry, great seeing you, buddy. Hey, Take I'll care of yourself, talking man. To you, man. Let's hook up again, all right? Yeah, we'll do. Okay, thanks, guys. All right, bye-bye. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. 
Because individually, we're great. But together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Big O. So now uh, for the second half of the show, like I said, Sal is uh, going to do his pod and then uh, Big O is filling in with me. Hey, because hey again, thanks Joe for is- doing that, man. Thanks for doing oh. that. I was glad I got a chance to say hi to Sal. I, had, I didn't have a chance to when I went up there. Um, yeah. Good dude, man. Does a real, does a really good job. That's why I tried to. That's why I asked the time. You know, I, I wanted you yep. to have that opportunity to, to catch up with him. Uh, Sal is the man, and I know anybody who's met him or anybody who's been around him in that building, it's hard not to love him, man. Like he's 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 a really good dude, really good dude. So, but let's get into it, man. What you uh, what what what's, what's your thoughts? What's your feelings about this weekend? I think this weekend's going to be. You know, this this, this is going to be as, as big of a game as we've had all season. I think it's going to be – I expect a very, very physical football game. And and here's what I'm looking at, okay? If I look at teams, and I, and I saw it with Miami, I saw it with the Bengals, um, you know, before that, um, when, we, when we had the unfortunate incident of having to call the game short, I think teams are going into their meeting room. This is just me, okay? I think Team Spencer going into their meeting rooms – on Tuesday or Wednesday, I guess Wednesday would be the day, and they're saying, look, are the Bills good? Yeah, they're good. They're dynamic on offense. They run on defense, but we're tougher than they are. I think that there's a lot of teams right now to think that they can push the Bills around a little bit. I really do. I think that's why Mixon's chirping. I think it's why he chirped last game. I think you look at the Dolphins. They brought it. They didn't back down. Hell, they fought in the uh, in the tunnel, and I was excited – to hear that we were we were doing a little bit of that in the tunnel, okay? That just shows that just shows the, the character of a football team. But right now, I think there's some teams that think that they can push the Bills around. So this game this weekend, I think, is going to be really physical. Well, I mean, if they think they can push the, the Bills around, I, they must not have seen that hit that Tremaine Edmonds laid on. I don't even remember who it was. I just remember bodies being on the field. Tremaine Edmonds right. is laying guys out. And they must not have seen Matt Milano play against the Jets. Or I mean, I'm not going to go down a list of games and guys, but I'm going to tell you what, you don't want to run into Terron Johnson across the middle of that doggone field. Right, and I, and, I, and I get that. You know that. You know, I know that. That locker room knows that, but I'm just telling you, I think that is really the – if you're going to attack Buffalo, I think that's what people are saying to themselves. We're going to get up in them. We're going to see if we can get them to, to, to flinch. We're going to see if we can get them to take, you know, to take some penalties they shouldn't take. Um, I think that's what you're going to see. I think you're going to see that this is a really, really chippy game. It's going to be chippy early. And I think a big part of this football game, Spence, is going to be how this officiating crew – handles that chippiness early do they set the tone or do they allow it to happen and things get out of hand so i think the first 15 minutes are going to be a big deal 
Yeah, I do too. I think because um, the way they came out that first game that in, in the week 17 before it was suspended, I think, you know, and I read this earlier too, but it makes sense. They, they're they very confident about coming into this building and their offense up against our defense. But I do think there's a huge difference with how the offensive line is now as opposed right. to what it was week 17. And, you know, for me, I'm, I'm looking to see um, some exotic, not too exotic, because I know we haven't done it that much all year, but I want to see some pressure from, you know, our defense in different ways, blitz the quarterback different ways, get to him. And and I don't want him to have time back there to throw it because when, right. when these receivers get the ball, man, it's over. And so I don't want them to get the ball. What are you looking for? for our, and we'll get to offense, but what are you seeing from our defense that you want to, or what you want to see. I think that's the biggest thing. And you said it, you said it perfectly. I think Spence, you got to hit, you got to hit Josh Burrow and you got to hit him early. You got to hit him a lot. Um, you know, Burrow is a cool cat. He likes to play that role, but it's, it, it's been shown in throughout, you know, his first so many years here, his first couple of years in the league, you know, he's just like any other quarterback. He doesn't want to get beat up and he's not really that big of a, of a running threat. I mean, he's different than Josh. I think Josh wants to get hit. I want to see Josh get hit early because that usually gets him in the game a little bit. Yeah. But Burrow's not that guy. And I think that's going to be a big part of this as well. Can our defensive front get to him without blitzing? Because you know what happens when we blitz, right? That's going to leave somebody one-on-one. And Burrow's such a good quarterback, he knows where to go with the football. So um, they got to get after him. I think Rousseau's going to be a big factor. Uh, hopefully Jordan Phillips is a, is a factor in the middle. I still think we are the best defensive front we can be when Jordan Phillips is playing up front because we get pressure in the middle that allow doesn't allow that quarterback to step up. So um, hopefully he's ready to go after a week off. Rousseau has the game of his life. And, um, you know, guys like Ed Reed – or not Ed Reed. <laughs> Ed Reed. Guys like Ed I, – I had that video in my mind about Ed Reed talking about uh, oh, where he's going man. to coach. But, um, did you see no. that? Yeah, we can talk yeah, about that in a second. We can yeah, talk we can about, talk that, about in that in a minute. But, um, no, Ed Oliver, I think Ed's going to have to be active inside as well. Um, our guys are going to have to figure out a way to get pressure with four. Because we can get pressure with four, that's going to allow us to play some coverage that we want to play. That was one of the things that I actually brought up to Sal early in the episode. For some reason, I thought that even after Von Miller went down, that the Buffalo Bills were still doing a great job, not necessarily with sacks, but just quarterback pressure with rushing only four. Right. We haven't been. We is it's, it's declined. The production in that area has declined drastically. So, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, with a – I don't want to call it a beat-up offensive line because we thought Miami's offensive line was going to be beat up this last week. Right. And they still seem to do pretty good. So – with with the Bengals having you know some guys who aren't aren't the starters or you know they got some backups in there, I'm hoping that that this is one of those games that we can really get pressure on Joe Burrow because if you look back just throughout his career when when they couldn't protect him they didn't win when they protect him those guys right. win so to me that's just to me that's the entire key now whether you use and I know what you said and I agree with you there you know you don't want to get too exotic because then you're going to leave somebody open but. You know, I, I've loved what I've seen at, at moments when they've used Teron Johnson in that way or Matt Milano or Tremaine Edmonds in that way to, to blitz the quarterback. I don't know how we're going to do it, but, man, we got to get pressure on Joe. Well, I, I think it's a big part of it, but I think part of that, Spence, and, and this to me is really the key of our – to me, the key of the defense. And and it has to do, especially with how we like to play on the back end, which is a lot of, a lot of zone coverage. 
I think that how do you de- – we're, we're fast. We run really, really well. How do you defeat speed on, on defense? Well, you get guys moving. You get guys moving, seeing seeing false reads, seeing ghosts. I, I don't want to see Mixon – Mixon started the game off last time. We played him way too good. You know, five yards a pop. They're running the football. They're moving the football. If we get them – if they run the football, the play-action game is, is big time. And to me, to me, besides quarterback run game, play action is the best the best series of plays in football. And they do a good job of it if you let them get running downhill. So we're going to have to find a way to stop mixing and company as well. Um, it's going to be a tough task. But, you know, if you look at us when we've played against these teams like Kansas City, I mean, it, you know, we're going to have to score points. I mean, it might come down to us having to outscore them. It's just, you know, do you get a big stop here and there? Can you get off the field? When you need to, can you cause a big turnover and, um, you know, can you outscore them? It's, uh, it'll be really – I think it's going to be a really, really good football game. I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't get – I didn't quite get it to uh, go this far with Sal, but um, I brought up Joe Mixon. I brought up how they have two running backs that are capable. But if I'm honest, man, I said this on another show, so if, if anybody's thinking that I'm switching it up now, I'm not. Like, um, I can post the receipts. But I feel like – Joe Mixon talks a whole lot for a guy who averages less yards per carry than Zach Moss. You know what I mean? Like he's just, he's not the guy that he talks like now. Do I think he's a good, yeah, he's good. He's a good running back, but for some reason it just hasn't worked out to the way that you would expect with a, with a player as talented as Joe Mixon. He's just not, I don't know if he's just not hitting holes properly. I don't know if they're not blocking properly. If it's a different scheme than he should be, I don't know. But for a guy who just doesn't, you know, he, he, he talks a whole lot. And then on top of that, the Buffalo Bills, I get it, last season, we couldn't stop the run. That was our Achilles heel. If we couldn't stop the run, we lost. This year, we've had four games, maybe, four ga- three and a half games, because really it was only half of that, that uh, Green Bay game, but it was all second half. They destroyed us. But it's been three and a half, four games this season that we couldn't stop the run. The Buffalo Bills are an elite run defense team. And a lot of times, we we – Think about what used to be, and then we kind of get caught up in that. I, I don't think the Buffalo Bills are really too concerned with the run game. I think what it comes down to is, you know, do we want to kind of not forget about the run game, but do we want to just play our game and, and make sure we focus on Joe Burrow? And then if the run game beats us, so you so be it. But I just I don't think they're too focused on that. You know, I you I understand what you're saying, but I also think that a lot of this uh the play action game, the play action game with Cincinnati is is good when they when they can do it. And I think we're susceptible to play action. I really do. Um, we've got a lot of guys in that back end that like to stick their face up in the run game and make tackles. Yeah. And they're good at it. Um, you know, that four two five, you better have a you better have a box safety that can roll downhill and make plays. Um, you know, so that's where I worry about this whole thing. Um, are we willing to? Are we willing to just give them five, six yards of carry if we have to? I, I mean, I don't know. Um, that's 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 something for the coaches to figure out. But I do believe we've got to make sure we control that play action game of, of Cincinnati because it is potent when it gets going. Shout out to my man John here. He says, "Can we just acknowledge the lack of respect our defense gets nationally since Vaughn went down? Trey is more confident than three weeks ago. Will they attack seven with the run game by making them play in the box, or will they attack seven with the run game by making them play right. in the box?" Right. Um, that's the point I was making earlier. And, yeah, and seven's yeah. and seven's my guy. 
Seven's yeah. my guy that likes to get a little bit. He likes to get a little bit downhill sometimes too quick. Um, you know, they put they the offenses have a they have a way of maybe putting him in limbo a little bit sometimes where he has to make a tough decision. I don't know about lack of respect nationwide. I mean, our rankings are there. I mean, if you look at if you look at the rankings in the NFL, I mean, we're pretty favorable. Um, you know, but I will say Vaughn, Vaughn not playing does hurt us because it's Vaughn's a lot like Bruce was. Every Vaughn gets a lot of credit for being Mr. Pass Rush. Vaughn played the run really, really well, you know, and 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 Vaughn's able to shut down a side on the running game, especially with contain. Um, he plays contain really well. And um, so I think, you know, Vaughn's ability to play the run, uh, not having him in there hurts us just as much as his pass rush ability. And, you know, it sucks, too, because of first, it sucks that he got injured, but it sucks that at the time that he got injured, we're also going to miss him probably for half you know, next season. And it just, you know, it just sucks that I, could you imagine what this defense really would have looked like if we could have had Vaughn with Micah and Jordan and Trey, like just a healthy defense, everybody right. that we have on this team for a season. I just don't think that the way we started this year off, nobody was going to stop us. No, I think that we had the pieces in place and, you know, the thing that people don't, really want to put focus on or want to realize is when a guy like Von Miller gets hurt, yeah, he's a huge part of it. But now all of a sudden there's this big shift. There's this big paradigm shift of who has to go where. And now all of a sudden Russo's got to play Von's spot. And all of a sudden, you know, we got to shift this dude. And so now you're weaker in multiple spots because you got to move guys around. And, you know, I thought with, with Vaughn in the game, Russo is getting ready to have, and I still think he's having a breakout year. If you really pay attention to him, He's he's rushing the passer one on one as good as I've seen him. I mean, he's really playing well. Um, I think his you know I think he's really producing on the field. But if you put Vaughn there and you put him on the other side, it's kind of that Clyde Simmons Reggie White effect. Okay, Reggie's over here getting three guys on him. Clyde's rushing against one dude and you're getting all these sacks. And everybody's like Clyde Simmons is amazing. Well, yeah, he is amazing, but Reggie's on the other side. Or, you know, in the 85 Bears, you talk about Richard Dent and Wilbur Marshall. So when you have two of them, your productions, you know, goes up pretty well. But, um, you know, again, like we talked about, without Vaughn in there, Russo is going to have to have a huge day, as is the rest of that defensive line. Yeah, huge. Now, let's switch it uh, to the other side where your area – I know you're a football player in general, but where your area of expertise as a pro <clears throat> is. Um, our offensive line, man um, – is it to blame is the offensive line play to blame or is it Josh making too many mistakes? Is he holding the ball too long or what? Cause you know, we're starting to see some fumbles. We're seeing some, obviously the interceptions, you know, but then a few of the interceptions over the last few weeks have been when there's pressure and he's kind of like, you know, kind of being hit when he falls down or whatever the case may be. What's going on with our old line? I do think we have some issues up front. I think a lot of it has to, some of it has to do with, the healthiness of some of our players. I think some guys are playing hurt, but I'm, I'm not going to, I, I don't know if I'm the only one in this fan base that will actually place blame upon 17 and I've got 17's Jersey on. So I can, I, I paid my money so I can do that. I um, well, it's not a Jersey. You know, I, I, yeah. I got some Josh, you know, too. but it's like those picks. I mean, the, the one pick was a deflection, but th- those picks can, they just cannot happen. But, 
this isn't about him and, and his carelessness with the football because he's careless with it when he runs as well, the way it's held a, a, away from his body. But, yeah, our offensive line needs to pick it up. Seven sacks last week. Um, you know, they did do a good job a few times. Our, our We had some touchdowns, some big plays on blitz pickup. They brought five or six. We picked it up, and we got we, we made touchdowns. But um, we have to get better outside, Spence. And yeah. I don't know. I don't know what that is. I love Dion. Dion's Dion's one of my favorite dudes, and I know he's an alternate or whatever. I don't know if he's having his best year. I think he's got to play a little better. I think Brown is hurt. If I watch him when he plays, I think he's. I think he's. He's bound. He's beat up. I think Spencer is 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 beat up a little bit. I think he's gritting it out. I think if we really knew how hurt he was, we'd be amazed. And then the other thing is this. I mean, how many times has that group played with the same five guys uh, week in and week out? Um, they've had a ton of turnover in there with guys out, Morris being out, Bates being out, Brown being out, Quisenberry's in, Quisenberry's out, Quisenberry's back in, but he's got a high ankle sprain. So they haven't had as much continuity either. Um, so, you know, call it what it is. They do play really well in spurts, but they do have a few bad moments. See, I, I agree with you with that. Like a lot of times during the game, you know, I, I'm an emotional tweeter. So when something happens, I'll go ahead and right. tweet out like, man. And and I kind of got got some blowback. Was it last week or the week before when Josh threw an interception? It's just like, Josh, what are we doing here, man? We're making these certain throws that you just shouldn't even make. Part of that. So my question when we're talking about Josh and the turnovers now, is it is it a just that Josh is, has his pedal to the metal or I mean, could it be that our offensive coordinator should probably put him in a different position? Like, hey, this isn't the call. We're going to make these calls to where you don't have to throw a 20-yard or 30-yard bomb on first down. We got three We got three plays to get another first down. Um, is it, is yeah. it a combination of that, or, or what do you see when you look at that? Well, what did we talk about when when when, when Dybul was was here? Okay, we, we, we had a – we almost complained that we did throw the ball downfield enough, okay? We uh -huh. talked about how we – we threw the, we were throwing our running plays. Okay. Oh, I know that's a three yard completion. That's just another, that's a running play in his book. That's a running play in his book. And, and we were throwing these little high percentage passes. We didn't throw the ball downfield very much. Now it seems like we don't have any of that. We talked about bringing Naeem Hines in to be that back. He hasn't even had a chance to be that back. And we've, we've become this beautiful, the, the it's almost like a it's almost like beautiful chaos uh, it's just it's you know they talked about it the other day we this this thing is all over the place and yet we come out with 30 some points every game and um you know i don't i don't know i i, I have to think if you look at this um maybe this is the Diable dorsey effect i mean look at look at the giants i mean he took a he took a quarterback that people were calling a first round bust and now all of a sudden they're talking about Daniel Jones like he's the greatest quarterback in the league. Yeah, they um, want to extend him. Right, they want to extend him. So I think that I think the Dival was just a much more high percentage, systematic, almost kind of West Coast type feel to his offense. To where Dorsey's more of a, I don't know if you want to call this Air Coriel. Uh, you want to call it four verticals. Um, he wants he wants to throw the ball downfield. Now with that being said. Josh has sometimes is guilty of trying to extend plays that he probably needs to get rid of the football. Yeah. He's got a little bit of that. And I, I saw this um, on Phoenix show. I thought this, I thought this term was wonderful by Tasker. I'd never heard it before. 
he's got a little bit of what they call arm arrogance, right? Yeah. That his his arm and his ability can solve any any problem. Well, it can also cause a lot of problems too. And he's just got to uh, just think about that game this past weekend. If he's not careless with the football, the one pick I'm not giving to him, the deflection I'm not giving to him. Honestly, that was holding on the break. I mean, you know, the one on Beasley where the pick was on Be there that was holding on the break, and they didn't call it. But you know, you've you've got to know your situations. You got to have a little bit of situational awareness, and and it's not just and the thing is, it's not just the downfield stuff. If you watch him scramble, the ball is out here a lot, right? Yeah. And I know he's six five and he can raise it over a lot of people, but I'm going to go back to the great Marv Levy. What he used to tell our running backs all the time, Marv used to say, and and, and I apologize, but he used to say, you know, carry the football like you like your lady's skirts, high and tight. Okay. <laughs> that was a that was an old sweet Marv. That was a Marvism, right? <laughs> but he's right. I mean, he's That's right. You got to you got to cover the points of the ball up, and you got to co- you got to you got to protect it with your life. And and you know when they flash that when they flash that deal on the screen, Spence. You know we have twenty. What do we got? Twenty eight or twenty nine takeaways, but we've got. We had 27 takeaways, but we have 27 or more giveaways. I mean, that's that's a big deal. To think where we are and think how good we are and the record we have, and we've got that kind of stat, that's that's saying something. Yeah. And, and I mean, even to your point, and I heard I heard Fina say this the other night as well. You know, you're right. We we sit there and we're kind of upset about the turnovers or we're upset about the carelessness, and then you look up and we got 34 points, and it's like it's not the heck. It, it's, it's just nuts. it's insane. I mean, it's totally insane. It makes no sense. It's like, can you imagine what this team would be like if they actually minimized turnovers? Right. And and the thing is, is where is that coming from? You know, where is that coming from? And and I, the more I watch it, the more it's to me, it's it's our offensive mentality right now. And um, you know, we want to throw the ball downfield. We want to we want to go four verticals. We want to press the we want to press the DBs on the other team. We want to try to hit the big play. And um, I'd like to see this week. I really hope to see this week that we try to establish Cook and Motor more. Man, I, I really think that's I really think that's the, what we need to do. And the other thing is this, and you're going to hate this, oh, oh. and um, most people do, but I'm sorry, it's 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 put up or go home time. It's it's either advance or or get a tea time. Seventeen's got to roll. The, he's got to run the rock, baby. We got to oh, roll no. downhill with him. No, no, no. We I gotta, don't hate that. I hate run that. The ball with him. I hate that in, in, in week three uh, when you can win the game other ways. But when it's playoffs and it's like my, – my, my viewpoint on that is like, look, run Josh in critical moments. To me, divisional round football is critical. You run – you know, like that's your best weapon. I, don't, I know his arm is a bazooka. He can throw it 60 yards on a dime and like I, I know it. Josh Allen is your greatest weapon. They're right. not going to – we still haven't run him, I think, the way that we should. I miss the play calls when we used to set up two offensive linemen and our biggest wide receiver and our tight end to kind of be a wall in front of them. Yeah. Every time you think it's going to get three or four yards and he ends up gaining 20 yards on that play. Why don't we do that in the red zone? We used to be one of the greatest teams in the red zone when it comes to scoring efficiency because Josh Allen had like six touchdowns in the red zone. Now, all of a sudden, you look at it, you know, we're not horrible. You know what I'm saying? But right. man, we could be a whole lot better if we use Josh Allen the way he's supposed to be used. But before we get out of here, we got a few minutes left. 
you mentioned that Ed Reed tape or that tape. As you see, I'm talking now. I sound <laughs> right. So like as a kid, uh, but the Ed Reed uh, recording when he was talking about how it was dirty and they weren't cleaning things, he didn't clean out his office. Uh, wow, just a, just crazy the things that we're seeing. But what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I think Ed went to. I think Ed went and purchased the Dion. The, the coach prime handbook word for, and he's following it word for word, line for line. Um, you know, part one, I believe is the chapter about challenging, challenging your, uh, challenging your employer. And um, I think he made it a point. And I think that, um, I think things will get taken care of. And I think it's part of that whole, you know, trying to hold people accountable. Um, if you want us to be excellent, you got to be excellent too. Um, you know, you've heard all the stories. Um, about about Marv and how he said that we should hand you know you you treat the guy that that cleans the locker room up just like you treat me and it's the truth I mean it takes everybody right and um, I think that's what Ed was getting to I'll tell you what I I am the biggest Ed Reed fan there is I love Ed Reed I think he's one of the best players of all time I mean people talk about the greatest safety of all time being Ronnie Lott I I, I don't know man I think Ed Ed's right there with him um, Ed or tremendous Troy. player Ed or Troy for me. Oh yeah, Troy oh, Palomalu. Yeah. yeah, he was different, man. But but no, Troy I'm with different. I think Ed had a little bit of. I think Ed in a in a crunch could have played a little bit of corner if he had to. Yeah, I really do. I don't know if Troy could have, but um, just something about Ed I always enjoyed. But no, it's um, you know, I, it's going to be a wonderful game. I mean, we're we're. I was doing a little bit of research before I came on. Um, Sarah and I, the three man rush on Thursday. We're going to get into a little bit of senior bowl. I want to talk a little bit. About, I got some quarterbacks and, and linemen that we're going to talk about. But, you know, if you look at all these quarterbacks nowadays that are all coming out, they're all Josh Allen. When I say they're all Josh Allen, they're all run. They're all running quarterbacks. All these quarterbacks nowadays are going to run the football. They can all run the, the, the QB run game. So um, the NFL better get on with it because if they don't, they're going to lose a big portion of the talent that's coming into the league. And, um, you know, a guy like Josh could be a can definitely be a trendsetter. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And, and I appreciate your, your shameless plug there for three minute rush. I was going to ask you to go ahead and plug that, but you already did. But go ahead and go for it again before we get on out here. Let everybody know uh, your content is coming out. <laughs> three man rush on Thursday night, myself and Sarah Larson. We're going to talk about the NFL playoff games. We're going to talk about Senior Bowl and more. Uh, that is uh, nine o'clock Eastern, eight o'clock Central, right here on the Buffalo Rumblings. Vidcast Network brought to you by Picasso's Pizza, Buffalo's <laughs> best pizza. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate y'all kicking it with me. Uh, like I said, for my man Joe Miller, he's out and about with, with John Fina creating trouble somewhere down there in Florida. So I uh, had the big old fill in for him. And, and it was always a pleasure to have Sal Capaccio join us as well. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Y'all know how I do it over here. Y'all love each other. Take care of each other. Live in peace. And as always, yep. stay positive. Test negative. Go Bills. Go Bills. Go yeah, love. Like, you got to say it, man. You got to say it. <laughs> <laughs>